Thank you for coming out to our special Anza Valley Municipal Advisory Council meeting. Um, there's some three by five cards over here for people to fill out for Q&As. And uh, I'm calling the meeting to order seven min minutes late. We had an extension cord issue and we found one. <laughs> Anyway, I'm calling the meeting to order, and we don't really have an official flag. We have an art flag, so we'll we'll do the pledge to the uh, artistic. Ready to begin. And hopefully uh, Edison's ready. He's going to give us a PowerPoint presentation. Straight up front. You can bring the computer up here. Okay, that's fine. We didn't. Uh, the PowerPoint's not working, but it's pretty much verbiage. And uh, I know the Mac would like to thank all the hard workers on the cannabis emergency regulations committee, CERC. Um, myself, Edison was in charge, I was vice chair, and then we had Daryl Hostler, George Hanian, Kendall Steinmetz, Kieran Samuels, and uh, Kevin Short, and is there somebody missing? Richard, Richard, Richard is not here, is he coming? He's not coming, no. He's, he's not, okay. He's sick, he's not. Phil Canada. Oh, and Phil Canada, right. Here, you want to sit here and spin okay, it, or you're going to stand? Okay. So, are we ready? We're ready. Okay. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for coming out. Um, grateful for this big turnout. I know this is a very sensitive subject for many of you on either side of the table and the middle of the table as well. So, this this special meeting was called to for the CERC to present its final report. Uh, we spent four, nearly four months 
having bi-weekly meetings discussing the issues. Uh, we, there were several incidents that happened between our, our meetings that changed the direction of the way we conducted ourselves and we're going to present all of that in a hopefully very concise manner so it's clear to everyone what we did. How does this work? Okay. So, so final report. Again, my name is Edison Gomez Kraus. I was the chairman of this committee. Um, this committee, ah, sorry, I've never done this. I would do this. There we go. So, first off, I want to thank everyone who participated the AVMAC, Mr. Bob Giffen, Sharon Evans, Gordon Lanick, and Allison Rank, um, and the members of the CERC who are here and those who are not. Again, Mr. Kevin Short, Kieran Samuels, Kendall Steinmetz. George Hanion, Daryl Hoster, Philip Kennedy, and Richard Koo. We also had three alternates that were at every single meeting and um, they chimed in, they listened carefully, Mr. Tim Lauritsen, Mr. Andrew Carey, and Ms. Annika. No. Thank you so much for everybody who participated. And well, we'll get straight into it. Acting upon a mandate issued by the AVMAC, the SERP was formed with the following purpose. To advance the AVMAC's visions and goals, the CERC shall interview and investigate all matters regarding cannabis cultivation in the Anza Wanga community to determine the best and most plausible method of regulation within the geographical space of the Anza Wanga community. It shall then report its findings to the AVMAC, that's today. Um, this report must include a description of how the CERC undertook its work, the facts it obtained, all findings, and its formal recommendation on the best and most plausible method of regulation in the geographical space that is the Anza Wanga community. Um, this committee came about for several reasons. Uh, on August 29th, 2017, the Board of Supervisors initiated, uh, made an initiation of an ordinance amendment and a new ordinance to establish comprehensive regulatory framework for medical and adult use cannabis businesses in the unincorporated area of Riverside. Um, this was a welcome sight by many uh, who were hoping for regulation because of the uh, well, nature of the industry and how it's run somehow amok. Um, on January 10th, the AVMAC uh, received many complaints from citizens about numerous issues odor, crime, water quality, uh, power theft, and a general sensation of unease in town. Um, uh, something needed to be done, and in the same manner, uh, at, at the meeting of January 10th, uh, many growers came out and to state that they were not that all evil people, and they wanted to comply with the state. They wanted to comply with the county, but they could <coughs> not. So this put the AVMEC in a position where we had to find some middle ground and we had to give a recommendation to the supervisors to do something about it because we had a, a divided town and we needed an answer. So that's the reason why the CERC was created. That very day the CERC was created. On January 27th, the steering committee, which is Bob Giffen and myself, uh, invited members of the community at the uh, pizza factory to discuss the focus of this committee, the goals of this committee, and to receive written uh, applications of the community's intention to serve on the committee to discuss this. On February 10th, the CERC was formally duly formed, uh, consisting of nine members of the Anzawanga community. The, these members were chosen uh, 
by their stance on the issue, we attempted to have a, a balanced discussion of half pro, another, well, three pro, three reluctant, and a three just in the middle who wanted to have this conversation. Uh, we, I think we chose the nine best people we could have. These were excellent people. We, this, this. It was, it was uh, very civil, and the, the fact that this conversation even happened, the way it happened, is a step forward in the right direction, in my opinion. Um, after several meetings, after February 10th, right here in the middle, on March 20th, 2018, the Board of Supervisors uh, received from the Planning Department a preliminary working draft report of the, ordinances, the ordinance that would regulate cannabis in the unincorporated area. This uh, sort of threw a, a wrench in our machine because we, were tr we all had, uh, we were investigating every single aspect of the cannabis industry, zoning, uh, cultivation, power theft, and it, it was a lot. It's a lot of information to take in and there's no single response <coughs> to all the issues. Um, this gave us something to stand on. They have formal recommendations. And as we know, once the Board of Supervisors sort of decides what, they, what they're gonna do, uh, at this point, it was in our best interest to make recommendations on top of their recommendations uh, in a way that would best suit ANZA and hopefully impact our community in a positive way. So, and on April 19th, uh, the CERC completed its final report, which the members have up front, and will be available online as of right after this meeting. So everybody can access it, as, uh, along with all the appendices. So, our process, the CERC held bi-weekly meetings to develop specific knowledge of areas of concern to the cannabis, to the cannabis issue. Um, electric energy supply and distribution, groundwater supply and use, as well as its quality, law enforcement, zoning, and of course, cannabis cultivation itself. CERC meetings were held in compliance with the Brown Act. Uh, several public comments were received during the course of the meetings, uh, and I would like to Again, acknowledge the members of the public who attended those meetings and spoke at those meetings. All of those comments were welcome and uh, had a great impact on our final decision. Um, we conducted a survey to gather information from cannabis growers regarding their opinions and willingness to accept regulation <coughs> and fee structures. Uh, the preparation from this report was divided amongst the members of the CERC and the findings herein represent a consensus thereof. So we'll start with the first. Um, the first and I believe most impactful finding was uh, electric energy from a presentation. Mr. Kevin Short, the general mm -hmm. manager of the Ants Electric Cooperative. Um, the cooperative is, is a serving entity for the area. Uh, the Ants uh, Electric Cooperative has experienced um, unprecedented growth in energy demand, largely, largely due to the influx of cannabis cultivation. Now, aside from this, uh, this, this demand, they have also experienced a lot of energy theft, most of which can be accredited to illegal cannabis cultivation sites, all right? So uh, these, these, uh, this energy theft also uh, comes hand in hand with uh, unfit electrical <coughs> installations, uh, fire hazards, and just I mean, a hazard to a person who can electrocute themselves and die, somebody else coming in there. So, um, say again? Thank you. All right. So this increased this increased load has a cost. Obviously, has an impact. Um, it's it has an approximate cost of five hundred five hundred and forty thousand dollars for import import upgrades. 
uh, it would cost $4 million to, for a substantial remodel of the grid. Um, and the energy theft is accountable for at least 500000 of those dollars. So you can see where the impact is coming from. Um, high percentage of cannabis grows, uh, create unsafe conditions. The recent influx of cannabis grow activity in their service territory has substantially impacted their ability to serve the, their existing load, uh, added to their operating costs, and significantly, significantly compressed their planning window by approximately 10 years time, which is scary because it means we have less power than we need. And uh, in the long run, I guess it costs the members of the cooperative, right? It's a cost that we all have to bear. So that's, that's scary. Um, Cultivation-wise, <clears throat> from the side of the uh, cultivators, allowing commercial cultivation with minimum lot sizes and the addition of standards has the potential to, to allow a higher percentage of existing cultivators to become permitted by the county. So what's important. You need to have people <coughs> permitted by the county because everybody is unpermitted. It's, um, it's ridiculous. According to the County of Riverside Planning, the Remap Riverside Extended Mountain Area Plan to promote the viability of existing rural lifestyles and the continued development of rural residences, ranches, and farms in the community. Right. So we'll try and keep it small. The idea is to keep it small. And this is the, one of the most important parts of our committee, and I know some people were reluctant about it, the, the survey we conducted. We conducted a, a survey to, to get a feel on the situation that ANSA is going through with cannabis cultivation. How many people are growing? We don't know. Some people say hundreds, some people say thousands. We have no idea how many grows there are here. We have um, and no idea what sizes. You can get an idea by Google Maps, but Google Maps is one year behind, so you can never have an accurate count. Our uh, intention with the survey was to get a, an idea of how many of these hundreds and or thousands of growers were willing to comply with this newfound county regulation. Um, the results were quite good, in fact. We had sev 78 um, respondents that said they were willing to comply with state and county legislation, which is more than we've ever heard from them. Nobody's actually ever heard from the growers. So uh, aside from this, there were some additional questions. Obviously, we already had their attention. We might as well ask them a bunch of other questions. Can I ask a question? Was that 78 of the 78 people that filled out the form? Yes. So that's 100% of the people that took you. Yeah. Just ask it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Um, nine responses were surveyed through hard copies. 64 were online. Uh, all respondents want to participate in the legalization process, willing to pay their fair share of the taxes and permits in order to be in compliance. Most want to grow both indoor and outdoor. Most respondents prefer to be regulated by parcel or canopy size. Most respondents prefer flexibility when it comes to regulation on number of plants or canopy size. Respondents all want the small growers to have a chance. Nobody that responded. There's going to be a the comment section, and I might answer your question. So give me a chance if I finish this segment and you still have the questions, go for it. Yeah? All right. So, um, Everybody wants the small growers to have a chance. They, nobody, uh, none of the growers want large commercial operations in the valley. And as is indicated by the electrical report, the grid can't handle large operations. So, well, many large operations. Your question. On the state regulations, mm -hmm. they charge fees based per plant and size. Correct? Correct. How can you have two separate 
jurisdictions because they have to fall under state guidelines. So if you pay one price per cottage, you still are state mandated to pay X amount per plant. Correct? They're not. Um, Was that addressed? Um, I guess not, but further along the line, um, in our recommendations, we are recommending that uh, the county basically mirrors state regulation. Again, we are a committee of an advisory council to the Board of Supervisors. So um, this is just something they would like. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. It's just, that's what they would like. Maybe down the line, the Board of Supervisors could recommend it. Who knows? That's not, uh, I understand your point, but it's, I guess it's beside the point. At this point, too many points. Public safety. Um, we had Captain Leonard Purvis of the Hemet Station come down. Um, and he took a lot of questions. He gave us a lot of answers. Um, the highlights were that the Hemet Station covers a very large territory, which includes Hemet, Sage, Awanga, Anza, Mount Center, Garner Valley, and Idlewild. He, according to him, there are hundreds of growers, of which Anza Valley has the largest concentration in the entirety of Riverside County. Right? We're the hot spot for cannabis cultivation. Their efforts are complaint and resource driven. Which means if they don't have the money, they're not gonna do it. If you don't complain, they won't go. They're not gonna magically understand what your complaints are. Um, they concentrate their efforts on the worst of the worst. He did uh, tell us there, there were cartel-esque type operations, gangster type individuals, and hardcore dangerous people running some of these growths. So, um, Th that's what they're focusing on. That's what their focus needs to be on. And as he mentioned, complaint and resource driven. There may be a hundred complaints, but they must dedicate their resources to the worst of the worst. And that's, that's, that's something very important for them. Um, we have one officer on the hill right now versus seven to nine, which is what Captain Purvis stated that would be optimal in the way you called the good old days. He had seven to nine officers on the hill and that was enough to cover this entire section. Oh, and keep us for When was this? <laughs> when was this? I've lived up here my whole life. I was gone for a couple of years, but um, can you refer to me exactly when this was? Um, yeah. <laughs> what, we're going to have a Q&A at the end. Let Edison finish. You got to fill out a card if you're going to ask a question. Wow. Otherwise, this will go for days. Yeah, I know. All, everybody. All right. Thanks, Bob. Thank you. So. Um, well, basically, optimal is seven to nine men on the field, on the on the mountain. Um, it costs approximately uh, $162 per hour times 2,080 hours uh, to have one officer up here. That math is $336,000, $336,960,000 per officer. So you can imagine to have seven officers on the hill, you need $2.1 million a year just to have them up here. All right. Um, he encouraged people to keep calling because the sheriff's department, again, is complaint driven. Uh, as far as groundwater is concerned, groundwater use for this agriculture product is difficult to quantify. CERC recommends further study. Uh, a major factor in this issue is the ongoing litigation in the area regarding water rights. There isn't much information about the basin, how much there is really, uh, how much is being recharged. Um, it, that one was really a, we, we hit a wall there because we don't have enough information on the watershed. Um, the Santa Margarita watershed, as far as it's concerned, uh, new water use permits for commercial and agricultural use may be difficult to obtain until a settlement is reached. 
Quantification of the local water has been determined and water management plan has been accepted. Outside of the Santa Margarita watershed, um, uh, they may be of low volume, but further study again would be helpful to determine their actual volume. As far as zoning, the key component to the issue involves land use and zoning. Currently, the overwhelming majority of, of cannabis cultivation sites are on residential uh, properties. Um, rural residential, there's uh, all the R's, there's several R's, there's also rural agricultural. Um, point is, the majority of the parcels in Anza are residential. So most of the growers are on what is Illegal. But illegally recommended. We'll get to that right now. So in full consideration to the complexities of this issue presented, the CERC recommends that the Board of Supervisors consider the needs of all parties, cannabis growers, local residents, businesses, and other members of the community. And this is what changed everything. The planning department's recommendations. Because most of it would not benefit our community. We saw we have Electrical theft. The uh, the growers want small grows to continue in Anza. No com large commercial growth. What's a small grow? What's a large grow? Uh, family size, uh, cottage what? farmers. No, I need numbers. Numbers. How many plants? Numbers. Five thousand square feet. Five thousand square feet. It's in the report. I don't have it on my hand. A lot of copies. Yes. Specialty so. co cottage is 2,500 square feet. Small growth, benefit, benefiting that. And um, okay, well, so that's what that's what we, uh, the, the growers want. Um, we have little water. The power grid can't take much more. And for starters, the planning department has recommended to prohibit outdoor cultivation. So I would send it all indoor, and that's something our grid cannot handle. Um, they want zoning consistent with the general la plan land use designation. They want uh, cannabis cultivation acreage cap, and they plan to implement development standards <coughs> for growth. Uh, this is these are odor management plans. Forty percent of the energy has to be renewable. Pesticide use permits from the Riverside County Agricultural Commission's <coughs> office. Uh, clear and adequate doc documentation that the county shall have the right to examine, uh, regular inspections, products stored in secured structures, and general aesthetics. That's what the county is recommending for cannabis cultivation sites. Um, they're recommending to allow cannabis cultivation in commercial zones, <coughs> industrial parks, manufacturing, and agricultural zones, and prohibiting commercial cultivation in rural, residential, and residential areas. 90% of the property here. 90% of the property, sort of. We don't have that number, but it's close to it. Now, the important part to see here is that the county is, um, the first year, they're gonna ramp up, but they're going to issue 50 cultivation permits the first year. Countywide. Countywide. <laughs> Take a moment to that, yeah, okay. So, from those 50 permits, they are requiring $625,000 for code enforcement to regularly monitor these permitted cannabis operations. Per grow? Per 50? Per 50. 
per 50, $625,000 per 50. This money does not include enforcement of unpermitted cultivation operations. This is where we hit the snag because if rural residential is not considered, we will not get any more code enforcement in the area. That's just it. Whatever the supervisors are doing will not create more uh, law enforcement presence in the area because we have very limited commercial and agricultural <coughs> zones in the area. In fact, one of those commercial zones that we have is the 371 corridor, which um, I don't think anybody wants to see giant pot grows on the side of the highway. So with that said, as far as zoning, um, the CERC is recommending in full consideration of the complexities of the issue um, to, for the Bo Board of Supervisors to consider RR and RA areas comprise most of the zone properties currently involved in growing activities. Setbacks, lot size, and proximity to sensitive properties, noise, odor, and other nuisances associated with cannabis activities, indoor and outdoor grow possibilities, canopy size as defined by the California Department of Food and Agriculture, um, as far as cannabis cultivation, the major concern of local cannabis growers is the exclusion of RR and RA zoning, as detailed in the staff report, will virtually remove a path for the small farmer. Given that the large majority of the area falls under these residential land and use designations, the staff report recommendations would limit growing operations to industrial, manufacturing, agricultural, and commercially zoned properties. And the majority of these properties are located along the Highway 371 corridor, which will impact the business community in the area. CERC recommends that the Board of Supervisors consider these issues and their impact on the community as a whole. As far as groundwater, the CERC supports coordination with the state and local authorities in determining what, if any, effect local cannabis production will have on the existing water supplies and quality uh, and the effect on future land development. So, as far as our findings, it's very divided. Um, there are many, many issues that are very concerning. The overload on the power grid, power theft. Um, water theft. That was not mentioned by the water person. Um, and the fact that the growers that want to participate will not be able to participate in any legalization and regulation process. These are people who are, who are literally who literally want to pay code enforcement to come and check on their grows. That's what they are. They're doing that. That's what, that's, that's what the county is asking. That's the problem. So um, everything must be considered. And I guess we're, that's, those are recommendations. Thank everyone for participating. Uh, thank these people who put in their hard hours. They have regular jobs. They weren't getting paid. Um, all of the, yeah. They were very civil, and all these people, all these, these, these members of the CERC, uh, we all had one common goal, I believe. We all had our agendas. We all had what we thought what was gonna be achieved with this committee. And what we managed to create was a conversation. And, and, and that civility is what we need right now to create a, a better future than our past because um, the way things are now are not good, and we need to create a path forward so everybody's happy, and that's very hard. 
So that's what this that just happened here. And that's pretty much it. Thank you all for participating. You participated as well many times. Thank you very much, Mr. Warbeck. And uh, the press as well for covering these events. Um, this is community participation at its best. Thank you all very much. Thank you. Thank you, Edison. Um, <clears throat> I have some ground rules over there for Q&A. And if you bring up your cards, um, the forum uh, is to help generate solutions for what is already happening. I know some people are very upset and want everything fixed right now. We all wish it could be that simple. And uh, questions and comments will be limited to this cannabis topic. And like I said, present them on three by five with your name and then we'll call to make your comments. Limited to three minutes. And uh, if become, your comments become accusatory or defaming, you'll be asked to stop and sit down. And uh, we will not become commenting or answering during the comment period. We ask that everyone be respectful to all those in attendance. And uh, we do have a, a sheriff officer here if anybody becomes unruly and they'll be escorted out of the building. And hopefully we'll be able to move forward in a positive direction and hopefully with some potential solutions. So anyway, thank you all. And let's see. Uh, Mr. Rank. Okay, my main concern is a lot, I just made punchlines and have copies that had to do with law enforcement and no way of currently enforcing it. And then on the cottage growth proposal, because I do have some inside information because my wife is Allison and she is on the board. If they pay a flat fee for the cottage, they can grow two to three crops a year. I know the growers will not tell us that. And they will probably just make the numbers of the management to cover their costs and what's to do with all the underground that's going on already. We got water, groundwater contamination from fertilizers. Because they have no way to, they just, right now they're dumping it on the ground here in septic system. Who will pay for this cleanup? Because our value is going to get, because once our water gets contaminated, they're going to leave the valley. Hazardous material storage and proper disposal. If they're considering an ag project, they have to follow a USDA agricultural guidelines for storage, which would mean high flush stations and all the other requirements, which hasn't been addressed. Then AQMD for air pollution, for the smell and dust on our dirt roads. It takes a real simple phone call to the AQMD to contact the county because they're bound by law to start mitigating the dust here. And I know the county doesn't want to get involved with that cost. The next one, it had to do with under recording the, uh, the harvest of the plants. And they have to be DNA according to state code, correct? So this was all not addressed in there. Track and trace. Can I just mention something? Well, it's part of my three minutes. Yeah, okay, yeah, go for it. You can answer. Mm -hmm. uh, what are, are these allowed by absentee landowners and corporations or individuals for commercial growth, <coughs> which was under it? 
State Water Resource Board to control runoff and illegal grading, which is all part of State Water Resource Board, which have to should be involved in mitigating. And are there's going to be a database so all the local resident knows where the grows are. And then when it talked about the funding and the permits, 650,000 for the licenses, that if it is supplied by the cannabis growers, they have to use verification of funds, otherwise they will be considered money laundering under federal law, which no one's addressed because I know as a property owner, if I lease it to a grower and I know if my property can be seized because I legally money laundering the money. And that's a federal because of cash. So this, all these issues were never addressed in anything. What about Calamari Light Ordinance that we fall underneath, which wasn't addressed because we're under the office, Bob knows we're under the, and they're in violation of this without the requirement. All lights must be off by 10 o'clock, I think. I believe that. That's correct. Right. And you're recommending that they are allowed to grow on our property, correct? We are recommending that it is considered. Considered. They're not considering it. Well, that would be beneficial because then that would make everything come back in line because did you come up with a value of what their crop would produce for the study so we would know what a cottage grow would generate? They will not release that information. Would they? The growers? I'm going to have a few minutes. Use my three minutes? Yeah. Okay. We've had three minutes. Okay. Thanks, Ken. Will everybody ask their questions? Can I get a microphone? I can't hear you. We can go up there. You can come up here. We can't afford a mic, kind of like the county can't afford to do things. What's that? Well, that would be nice, Bill. Thank you. I'll just address all this at the end of the comment section. Well, if you want to shout, you could answer a couple right now. Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, I would like to address all of these things. Again, the CERC did not go into legislation that already exists. For example, the Palomar Light Ordinance, that's a given. If they don't respect it, they're breaking the law. As far as, let's see, everything you said, who will pay set price for the cottage grows, the recording of their harvest falls under the track and trace system implemented by the state, by the CDEFA, and what the county is recommending is that it is creating a pathway so they may adhere to state regulation. As far as the disposal of waste, the fertilizer they had, I'm going to go back there if you want. We're waiting for a microphone. Yeah, so they have development standards. So in order to comply with the new county regulation, you would have to adhere to their development standards as far as odor control, a pesticide control system, and track and trace in accordance to state law, which, as you mentioned, DNA tag, so they would have to do that. 
if they were to comply with county regulation, if they were allowed to comply with county regulation. And the Mount Palomar lighting restriction as well, because it's on the books. I, I haven't seen too many lighting officers out there looking, but... Who's going to enforce it? Well... Code enforcement, code enforcement which, would, which the permits would pay for them to come in. Would they crawl out to another about the yes. Yeah, but they're understaffed and underfunded. I actually complained to a neighbor personally, and he ended up shading. So, thank you, Bill. I hope I answered some of your questions. Okay. Um, you want to do it? Okay. Um, let's see. I have a lot of names, but not a lot of. Uh, um, I'd like to express my reasons for disagreeing with the CERC report. Mary. I'm actually a former college professor, so I can project. I don't need a... <laughs> uh, so I am uh, an eight-year resident of ANZA. I came here before the problem started four years ago. I'm a regular person who does a lot of hiking on the Pacific Crest Trail, a lot of hiking in the BLM and National Forest area. There are huge quality of living problems that the pot growers have introduced that have not been represented as serious concerns on the CERC committee. Larger issue, people will object I'm sure, but 2016 numbers 80% of the marijuana grown in California finds its end user outside of the state. Eight, zero percent. The vast majority of people growing in Anza cannot possibly be part of the state system. They cannot possibly be regulated. I think actually what Riverside County supervisors came up was pretty close to on target given what California consumes. Prop 64 does not allow the export of marijuana outside of the state. We need to decrease the amount of marijuana being grown in this state, and it seems to me Riverside County is right on target. This should be in industrial parks where odor can be controlled, where water use can be controlled, where there can be appropriate security, where there's not mafia-like guys with automatic weapons right next to the Pacific Crest Trail shooting in the direction of the park. The Riverside County is right on target. CERC is totally off target and is representing the interests of pot growers in Anza. And I totally reject what your committee has done. I, 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 I thank you for your service, but you're just dead wrong. Riverside County Board of Supervisors should be supported and the report that this committee has presented should be given a thumbs down, write a letter to our Supervisor Washington and say thumbs down to this report. It is representing the interests of the pot growers, not the interests of the people who've been in ANZA for many years and who came here for the quality of life. I hope that's under three minutes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Crest Trail has put on their web page not to drop, not to walk the PCT during ANZA because people have been shot at. So they said if you want to walk the PCT in this area, do so at your own peril. Okay, can I, can I respond to Mary? 
volunteer with the PCTA. There's been stuff on social media. The PCTA has not taken an official stance on whether it's safe or not safe to walk the section of the trail here in Kansas. I, I'm sorry to, to disagree okay. with you. It's on, there's it's there's on a the lot page. of stuff on social media about lots of gunfire, seeing people with guns, seeing groves, literally feet I know. from the trail. Okay, Mary, I'm going to respond to what you had to say, and I'll just I'll be brief. Um, you know, we can say no, and we don't want it in Anza, but if we don't come up with a viable solution to generate some money, I can guarantee you one thing. There'll be more greenhouses here. They're growing faster than the pot is growing. I mean, drive around. Look, go to the post office. How many new greenhouses are right there that you can see from the post office? That that's not a viable solution if we don't come up with some way of generating money to police. I, I'll be straight up. I mean, there's nobody to police. Do you see the police coming in and doing anything right now? I no. don't want anybody grandfathered in saying Riverside County allowed us in 2018, so we want to continue growing. Maybe five years from now, Riverside County will have some resources and we'll have the seven or eight sheriff's deputies up here that they apparently had at some point. Well, I don't know where they're going to get that money you from, Mary. Anything be grandfathered in. One thing I can mention about that is a direct quote from our supervisor, Chuck Washington. Use the mic. Yeah. Um, our supervisor, Chuck Washington, literally stated at the meeting, I do not have the resources to police this issue. End quote. I do not have the resources. He does not. He cannot. He has two emergency areas, which are Idlewild and Anza, and he has no way in the future to regulate and to control. He, he hopes that his, his, his ordinance or development agreement Will, will somehow ease the issue in the area, but there is uh, no clear path to balancing the budget. Uh, he, he's not foolish, he, again, not his quote, he's not foolish enough to believe that cannabis will solve the budget issue, but it will alleviate enforcement issues. That's his quote, not mine. Um, Chris McKay, I think it is. Okay. First, I'll address the CERB report, whatever report that was. I'm going to use the mic. Come on up and use the mic, Chris. Uh, I don't really need the mic. I'll project my voice easy. First off, he started out by claiming that the nature of this industry and how it was corrupt. But then he said that 78 of the people that filled out the forms wanted to comply. So how is that the nature of the industry being corrupt? You talked about the energy theft. Before the marijuana farmers moved up into this area, you had vacant homes that the drug addicts were coming up here stealing electricity and stealing all the wire, copper, and everything else in it. And how much value of damage did they do? More than $500,000 in this town, I can guarantee you that. A lot more than that. Uh, the third, you talked about the Riverside Sheriffs need $2.1 million to patrol this area. How much did they lose in the lawsuit recently? I think it was almost 40 million. So they broke the law so they can't enforce, or they can't protect us? Don't blame that on the pot farmers. Why are you blaming that on us? That's insanity. Uh, the water reserves here, we got natural water springs all over. We have a, for Riverside County, this area has more water than most 
areas of Riverside County. If you don't believe me, drive around it. I do all the time. I love our mountains. They're beautiful. Go up a little north, there's less water. You can tell that for sure. Go down that hill into Palm Springs, that's it. The water's gone. We have the water. Uh, let's see. Now, when we talk about our rights and these 50 permits that they want to issue, let's see. This has been legal since 1996. The voters of California have had a right, a right, guaranteed right in this state to grow marijuana. And now you want to make it so that only the pay-to-play, it's still a pay-to-play system. That's not helping mom and pops. You gotta let capitalism that you guys all love so much. I mean, you gotta let that weed us out. I mean, you guys in Riverside County, the supervisors are also advocating a partial real retail sales tax sharing agreement to create new jobs. Well, you got a great way to create new jobs right here with capitalism. We will weed out the bad players. We do not want, 78 of us want to comply out of 78, that's 100%. We got to start looking at the rights that are guaranteed to us by law. We've won in lawsuits up and down this state when they try to say number counts. Number counts mean nothing. The U.S. courts have already, or the California courts have already decided. Kelly versus California. Number counts don't mean a thing. Unless you want to cause Riverside County to cost more money, more of this $40 million lawsuit, like the sheriffs, if you guys want to violate the law and the constitution of the state, then keep going, and that's okay, you can. But it's time that the voters have spoken. We've time, spoken Chris. all times. 52% have said yes to marijuana growing. Not 50 people, not 50, 52%. Thank you. Um, let's see. Tim Ivanton. Yes. It's about the taxes and revenue, and also about the quality of our surroundings. I mean, use the mic. The quality of our surroundings. You know, it's been going downhill pretty quick with just people mowing down and, and clear cutting with no regards, no engineer reports on water flow on the property. The mud that's come onto my property from the, the bulldozing up the top of the hill, it's unbelievable. So, and on top of that, with all the grows, two years ago, our chickens stopped laying eggs on the 21st of June. They didn't start laying again until November after the grows stopped. Last year, our chickens stopped laying eggs again on the 21st and haven't laid until about two weeks ago. So in another two weeks, we'll probably be back at the same point where our chickens will stop laying and we've lost three horses to bad water, okay? This is not fun for us. We started off on a quiet street. There'd be very little traffic on that street. Now it's like a freaking freeway. On top of it, one, well, two o'clock, one o'clock, 10 o'clock, all through the night, we get quads going up and down our street at about 70 miles per hour. And it's a dirt road. You know, these are the things that are really frustrating. We start off with one grow on our street, now we have 12. And we only have seven houses on our street. Two of us don't have grows. We have a vineyard behind us, they have 13 greenhouses. How is that legal? What is going on here? They put up a steel building with no permit. They drilled a well with no permit. Added tanks, no permit. The property in front of us, same thing. 
They had 200 plants four years ago. Now they're putting up two greenhouses and a motorhome. Now, if I remember right, the law does state it has to have a livable yep. residence, yep. correct? Yeah. What about the burned out house down in Awanga that's been vacant for a year and a half yeah. and they're growing behind it right now? The number one cause of greenhouses catching on fire is electrical. Last year, 4th of July, there was arcing on our street. We called it up, we called Anza Co-op. Did they show up? No, it wasn't until I posted on Facebook that it was like the 4th of July in our street. That's when they finally showed up. And this is getting really ridiculous. And then the sheriffs, okay? We're not, we don't control the quads. You know, that's the CHP. Try to get a CHP up here at one o'clock in the morning. Second of all, uh, it's just the noise, the dogs barking, and it's not even our dogs. Our dogs are laying in, the, in their dog houses. The vineyard behind us has probably five or six dogs protecting it, and they bark all night long. None of that's been addressed. The noises, generator, we complained a couple years ago. Generator ran for- Time, Kim, thank you. You know, again, it comes to an enforcement issue. And if you don't have money, as the county claims we don't have, how do you enforce? And I just can continue to see this problem mushrooming if we don't come up with a viable something. I don't know, you know, this is a recommendation to the county. They can throw it out. They can do whatever they want. That's up to them. You know, I mean, it, it just, you know, I just don't like what it's doing to our community now. And it's, you know, it's gonna be the Hatfields and McCoys eventually if we don't get somebody here to quail the problem. And, you know, that's kind of where I'm coming from. Something needs to be done. And the way they're doing it now, it's not working. So. Yeah, tell them to throw down some of their thousands of dollars that they're making to help this problem. Yeah. Okay. But they're money that they're not. Yeah. 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 I learned a lot from listening to the growers who wanted to do this well. <coughs> but I would like to address you all, all of you non-growing residents who have these concerns. I see your stuff on Facebook. I appreciate that you're here to talk and I value what you're saying. Um, but I would urge you to break this cycle of because they don't do anything, we stop calling. Budgets are determined by complaints and call levels, and when you fall down on the job and you don't clearly demand the attention, they are required to respond. Today, it may be three days before they show up for a non-emergency, but if you stop calling, that will make the situation worse. And sometimes it's a rant, but a lot of you are making valuable points that I suspect most growers would not like to see you facing. There are growers that would be sorry to see that your neighborhoods and your quality of life is being affected in this way. So speak up, don't 
you're a citizen. AFMAC is not your elected representative. Stand up tall, call the County Board of Supervisors, call Chuck Washington, write to him on email, make lucid complaints, let there be a balanced conversation, respect those people who want to be good neighbors, and absolutely call out the people who are not behaving correctly as our neighbors. Don't you just sit there and say, nothing happens, so I'm not gonna call. You call. And when the sheriff tells you, we don't control quads, Squawk, make a noise, call CHP, call the county, call the commander at Hammett Station and say, is this true? And if not, who are you referring me to? Because this is not okay. Both sides need to argue for the best of what they deserve, and you ought to speak up to the right people. Yeah. And read what's online. Read the county stuff. Read the AVMAC report. Read the state rules so that you have a firm grasp on the facts. Because a lot of time gets spent on things you think you know that aren't actually true. Yes. Thank you. Sorry okay. About that. Um, thank you, Karen. Um, Iris Grass or Grass. Grassy? Yes, Grassy. Um, I, my husband and I have lived up in Anza for 27 years and like most of you we moved up here because we like to ride our horses we wanted a little peace and quiet uh, we were tired of living in the city with the crazy people driving like crazy cars speeding honking horns so we found this to be a little piece of heaven and uh, the last couple years, it's just been like out of a nightmare. The first time I saw greenhouses around town, I thought they were growing vegetables. <laughs> and I said, wow, look at this. The Anza swap meet's gonna be full of vegetables this spring and summer. This is gonna be great. Well, it was like a, a punch in the gut to find out that this is not what was being grown. Uh, What's even sadder is to go up and down our four miles of dirt road and see trucks driving back and forth night and day with water, those clear water trough things on the back. Where are they going? And where are they getting the water from? Well, we have found that um, most of the time uh, these, the water is being stolen off of properties where people come out maybe once or twice a year, don't realize that their water is being stolen, and other properties where their electricity is being pirated. This is a type of, excuse me, this is a type of new neighbor that has taken over our town and our surrounding areas. We can feel intimidated and afraid and just let these people run over us or we can fight back, which of course, legally. I have personally had a very good relationship with code enforcement. Yes, they are slow, but with only two officers in the whole area, it does take them a long time. Plus they probably have hundreds of complaints that they have to sort through. In our area, we started a neighborhood watch where we 
get the address of the property, and most of the time it's posted right on the gate, especially if there's a house or a mobile. All you have to do is go online and put in the address. Eventually you can find the assessor's number, and then you can also find out who owns the property and their mailing address. So you have some basic information about the people. We call code enforcement, we give them this information, and if it's warranted, they will get, open up a case number for us. And then our neighborhood watch of 10, 12, 15 people call or email continually to let them know what's going on in the neighborhood. So Three minutes. Your time. Thanks, Iris. Okay, but thank you. I have more. Afterwards, if you want, I have a, a phone number and an email address for people in code enforcement that are willing to help. So I will talk to you afterwards. Um, did you fill out a card? No. Can I, can I give her my three minutes? Who her? Uh, I, I mean, uh, Iris? That was me. Yeah, but you have to fill out a card. Oh, I do? And then I can say that I want to give her my three minutes? Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, Iris. No, she's already. No, she's, she's done. Her. Giving her the three minutes. It won't be three minutes. It'll be a minute. Okay. Thank you. So. About two months ago, the piece of property right next door to me was purchased by pot growers. There is an existing mobile. Uh, look it up online by the address. They spend $275,000 for it on 4.3 acres. I met the owners over the fence. They were very well spoken, nicely dressed, and they guaranteed that they were going to be very good neighbors. I would have nothing to worry about. They've since put in two 20-foot by 84-foot greenhouses. He was a collective, showed me a book filled with uh, stamped papers, giving and permits. Uh, wasn't really sure what I was looking at. He was going to grow between 350 and 400 plants. <laughs> you know, what can I say? These people are right next door to me, probably 150 feet from the back of my house. And I call code enforcement, the neighbors call code enforcement. They're illegal, they've already got plants in the ground, and if it's illegal in unincorporated areas, why are they up and running? Thank you. Well, we are, and we're trying. Thank you. Will whoever help? Um, <laughs> Doug Hassett. Thank you, Doug Hassett. Uh, I'm not a member of your community, but I think you have a really uh, interesting situation here, and it's obviously an ongoing process for all of you. I happen to be a candidate for Congress here in the 36th District. I brought some business cards with me. I'd love to hear from either side. Uh, if you'd like to approach me after the meeting is over, I'd like to really understand what you're doing here so that if I am elected to the 36th district, I can help represent you. Thank you very much. That's just my brief comment. 
Thank you, Dad. Wow, let's hold off on that. <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you outside. Uh, Jackie Nowell. Oh, you gave her the time. Okay, thank you. Audrey Turpin. I will need that because some people know me and I have a big mouth. <laughs> I've been a resident here for nine years. I'm considered a newbie. What? No, I don't. Come on, Carol. Yes, Ted. Okay. As a homeowner, taxpayer, resident, and voter, I'm against the commercial cannabis grows in the neighborhoods. Nobody's saying you can't smoke pot. Nobody's saying don't grow your 12 plants. Commercial grows is what I'm against. We're not in a commercial area. We're not in an industrial area. I don't want a steel factory next to my house either. I'm disgusted with the failure of our elected officials, code enforcement employees, and public service for failing to enforce our county's ordinances and laws in regards to the illegal commercial growths. These commercial growths pick and choose what part of the ordinance 925 they want to follow in the disguise of legitimacy and legality. Many of these growers are non-residents of our valley and have no vested interest in our community and neighborhoods other than maximizing their profits. If they were so concerned on being a legal business, they would have taken their business to communities where it is legal and regulated instead of trying to force, force our community into accepting their illegal businesses. Cannabis grows are poisoning and depleting our water table with their pesticides, fertilizers, and water runoff. The smell is poisoning our air. No environmental impact reports on these growths. How come these commercial, again, commercial growths are allowed to flourish without the report on the environment? If you pull it, you must pull an environmental report if you build a house, but not for these growths. They're stealing water and electricity. We have covered that. They're lowering our property values. Because what good family do you <coughs> want to live in a bunch of cannabis grows? Would you want your kids there? And drilling of the non-illegal wells. Non-permitted electricity use in the greenhouses. Fire danger with overloaded electricity use. We pay an extra fire fee due to the higher fire danger. Can we sue the growers if their non-permitted grows cause a fire? Can we sue the county for knowing they exist and not preventing and enforcing their own ordinances? For every cannabis grow on five-acre rural residential, that removes one tax-paying family home from our schools. For every grow without a permitted structure on it, they pay no home property tax but still use a dump, or a dump station, which we pay for. If they don't use the dump station, they throw their trash on our roads. That's time. time. Darn. Thank you, Audrey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the county ordinance requires a residence to be on the property. So and that they either have nobody gone. in it or they're growing well, in Well, I know they're not. Or they have caretakers. I, I know, but that's not the solution. The solution is to make it so that it's enforceable. Right now, 
we're not getting any enforcement. I know you're calling code enforcement, but there's no money, you know? And then the sheriff department, what do they do? It's illegal. These people get turned out right away again. So they come back and they do if it they again. If they were so concerned of being legal, they would have been legal three years ago. They don't want to be legal. Well, it's a farce. There's no pathway. Okay. There's a pathway. Okay, okay. Gary, uh, Gary Dwarbat. asking for a rezoning. Emerson said you're considering. No, no. to consider allowing commercial cultivation. Well, that would be a rezoning. Right. Right? Yeah. Or a conditional use permit. A so conditional use permit would be the rezoning. Rezoning is changing the zoning land use designation. No land use designation. square miles of unincorporated in Riverside County. They don't want to Why are 140 square mile valley here? Because this is optimal to grow it here. Well, just a question. Yeah. I mean, just a question. Answer to why here? Well, because the AFMAX jurisdiction or area of influence is limited to the Anz Valley. That's 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 where we work. And we can't decide what happens in Palm Desert. We can't even decide what happens further down in Awanga. We have we're limited to this space, and we we investigated the situation in our geographical space. There's a little map. That's, that's us right there. Purple? Um, no, we know so where it is. Well, apparently somebody doesn't. So Rochelle. Sure. I think what he meant was, why are why are all of you congregating here? There's a reason. You're not going to the rest of Riverside County. It's been here longer that's than That's not enforced here. here. That's why. I've been here way before you guys got here. Well, you have to fill out a card, Tim. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't talk to people. I just want to go ahead. Go ahead, Michelle. It's the truth, sweetheart. It's not smart. Now, now. I share your opinion. I don't believe we should. We should have. I think you need to hold that. close. Anyway. Um, this past couple years, my well has gone down during the summer to a low trickle, and we just now started getting our well water back. But the crows are going to come. They're going to start. They're all over. I've got them on three sides of me. I have two kids on my property with asthma that are having attacks regularly right now because of the grows. I posted unfortunately on media about a car that was um, smoking pot while waiting for their kids to get off the bus 
And their kid got on the, in the car and they headed to town. Stone, stone out of their butts, because there was clouds. But I got reprimanded for not turning them in. The reason I didn't turn them in was because of repercussions. Because two days later, two nights ago, I had somebody on my porch shooting off a gun and banging on our, our windows and the walls, the windows next to me with my grandkids in it. We thought there was a mass murder going on next door. I thought my grandkids and my daughter was being killed. Do I think that it's this person? Of course I do. I have, the police ask me then, do you have any enemies? I probably have enemies when it comes to growers. <laughs> Sorry, I have a difference in, of opinion. I'm worried about our well water. I'm concerned that when the wells dry up here, who's gonna fill it up again? It's not going to. Little by little, good people that live here, like the Jordans, have left because they got threatened by Asian gangs over not Excuse sharing their me. water. <coughs> so now it's yes. No name calling. Well, it's okay. Asian name a Asian gangs. So, you know, a gang member group <laughs> threatened them and they have moved and more people are moving. I will move. I'm not going to stick around with, with when I'm horseshoed in by a bunch of groves. So um, I have taught at the school arts and crafts. I've had many programs that I've done. I, I started the reflections program at the school. Time. Time. Thank you, Michelle. I'm a valued person, and I need to speak up. Tim Lauritsen's going to talk. I'll write your name out since you can't spell it, Tim. <laughs> I've lived in this valley 46 years. I'm one of the last homesteaders. I ran a successful business in landscaping. I've planted 80,000 trees in this valley. I know a lot about what's related with what's going on. I want to just summarize real quick. Remember, the two issues here is whether you're pro or against, we're risking all of us blacking out on electricity. Now that should mean something. The second issue is the water. It's not coming from other than the ground. And 80% of this product is going somewhere else. We lose. We're not getting reimbursed for that. That's the second problem. Those are the two issues. The rest of this is just a lot of talk. Now, the last thing I want to say is we're talking county here. There's two issues. There is a medical use and there is recreational use. We're basically talking about recreational use here. And the state only allows the county to make one and a half percent on this fee. So if you have a complaint, we should be going to the state 
the state is the one who's guilty here if you're not again if you're against this issue or even if you're for it you need to talk and deal we're so limited this committee has got their hands tied behind their back and the issue here is you've got federal you got BLM you got Indian you got everything and the county is just a checkerboard thing so what's the end result God knows but I sure as pray to hope it doesn't come up like it did in 1980 when they had to bring the sheriffs up here and the district attorney, oh, I mean, I, I'll talk to you about that later. It's a nightmare if this is what it comes to. And this is why this committee is trying to avoid this. Um, that's all the cards I have, unless somebody... You did. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't. I saw your name, but go ahead, Kendall. One last. One last. Minutes. Hurrah. My 13-year resident. After several months of attempting to formulate a regulatory framework allowing can commercial cannabis cultivation in Anza, we've produced a mere suggestion more like a last gasp at allowing rural residential zoned residents to do on their property what they are already allowed to do on their property. As per Riverside County Remap, Anza Valley Policy Area Remap 1.1, promote the viability of existing lifestyles and the continued development of rural residences, ranches, and farms. As per County Riverside Ordinance 348, Article V, RR Zone, Rural Residential, Section 5.1, Uses Permitted, Nurseries, Greenhouses, Orchards, Aviaries, Apiaries, Field Crops, Tree Crops, Berry and Bush Crops, Vegetables, Flower and Herb Gardening on a Commercial Scale. As per California State Water Resources Board concerning cannabis cultivation water rights, if your water source is a groundwater well in Los Angeles, Riverside, San Bernardino, or Ventura counties that extracts more than 25 acre feet per year, you are required to file a small irrigation use registration. The rule of thumb is one acre feet of water is equivalent to what one household uses in a year. Through basic ballpark math using accepted plant needs, a 99 plant crop requires roughly 90,000 gallons per season, around one quarter of the usual needs of a typical household. On the other hand, I drove by the, and stopped and counted the number of sprinklers in the spinach field right off Highway 371. 40 rows of 40 sprinklers, 1,600 Rainbird number 25 sprinklers at mean operating pressure over 11,000 gallons a minute. And, and that's just one field. And that's about per minute. The growers are not going to want water meters similar to the thousand plus Anza residents that do not want the Indian tribe to meter their wells and have fought a never-ending lawsuit concerning that. 
The main argument seems to come to crime, zoning, and water usage. To ignore the methamphetamine slash opioid relation to all the petty crime in Anza is disingenuous. The cannabis farmers are at home minding their own business. To ignore existing uses permitted within rural residential zoning is untruthful. To, to ignore the biggest water abusers and blame lowering water tables. Thanks, Kendall. Sorry. <laughs> Just <laughs> Okay, so um, the MAC needs to have a discussion about, and we have, Gordon didn't show up, did he? So we have three out of five of our um, MAC members here. So, you know, we can do one of three things. We can accept the CERC report as it is, maybe make some changes. I don't know if you've I know I've read most of it. Um, I've read it three times. You've read it three times? Well, you read it more than me. Um, like we said, this is a recommendation to the supervisor. He can take it with a grain of salt or not, but something needs to be done in our community. And um, it's, you know, it's busting out. And you can tell by the crowd, normally we have five to ten people at our meetings. So it's obviously of great concern to everybody in the valley, both growers and non-growers. So, you know, I'm a solutions-driven person, and I don't see a solution leaving things the way they are. So, and the county keeps saying they have no money let's come up with a, a viable solution that might generate a little bit of money and there's there's if you read the 25 pages that the county submitted there's all sorts of hoops le legality side of it growing that the people have to go through you know and some of the recommendations are deal with our dirt roads you know as a community we need to do that uh, the water is an issue. We all know that. There's people that are outside of the basin that are growing. Uh, I know where Ken lives and where I live. We're not in the lawsuit, but we have water, but we're concerned about our water. And with nobody going around, you know, if you sign up and you get a green tag that says you're legal to do it, then they have a right to come and inspect. And those people that don't have a green tag, then they have a right to tell them to move. So, but you already told us there's no money to get rid of that. There isn't Even currently. Even if they give the 50 a, a, a okay. That's county, correct? Can you May I say something real before this? Uh, when you mentioned the 50, the 50 is the first recommendation made by the staff, by the planning department to the supervisor. That number is subject to change. Uh, coming May or June, there will be another meeting for public input on these recommendations. That's why this, this emergency meeting was held. I'm just saying, so, if you have 50 legal, the money's only gonna go for them, and that's not gonna stop the illegal. There will be still, there's still no money for that. Correct. So you're still just getting 50 legal yeah. to take care of that. That's one side, but I'm, I'm that saying is, here, 
if someone mentioned they had 12 rows on their block, or some, there was someone okay. mentioned that, right? No, point is, if there are 12 rows on a block, they go to inspect a legal grow. If code enforcement sees a code violation right next door, just because they didn't come down for that, it's still a code violation, and they will act upon it. You said there were 75 growers that submitted that were 78. 70, well, according to your initial study, you said the county's going to issue 50 permits countywide. The first year, and that's subject to so change. So those say 10 comes up here. That means 68 of those your are illegal. Correct? Because 68 yeah. of your survey right. responded. Yeah, that's, those, are, those are the ones that responded. Again, I, I want to clarify that. Well, you know, I don't have the solution. Well, obviously 50 is probably wouldn't even cover ANZA. Yeah. 78 is just people who filled out a survey. Right. right. <coughs> but the county issues in licenses to grow was the number that. And again, that's subject to change according to what the public input may be in May or June. 50 countywide. Right. And you know, Purvis said ANZA is the most impacted community in all of Riverside <coughs> County. So. The majority of those permits, you would think, would go to the most impacted community, right? You would think. Well, they're all illegal right now. And that's the thing. They're all illegal, but they're trying to be legitimate and say that they're morally right. And I hear it all the time how it's legal. No, it's not. It's not legal. You know, it's not legal, and if I hear one more time, I'm saying it's legal, it's not. I've it's never told anybody that works with me. I didn't it's say legal. So, the community created, I think it's called the CSA, where the homeowners themselves are asking to voters to generate money to provide for enforcement. Super majority, 66%. And that's not just to tax. Right? I mean, it would have to well, be. Well, no, hang on, I need a minute. Um, yes. Yes, ANSA can for a number of services. For instance, apparently it was Pineco over somewhere. They taxed themselves with the CSA for some time to have an ambulance to, for their residents. And now they have a different contract. Yes, uh, don't be scared by a supermajority. It just means 60, if there's a common sense need for our community, 60 some percent of common sense Anzans are gonna say yes, I will contribute a few dollars to improve my quality of life. It's, this is not related to cannabis, so I'll shut up in a second. But yes, there's a long list of very sensible things that Anza only can agree to spend a little money per resident and improve our services for ourselves. It doesn't go through the state or the county or anywhere. You put money in a pool, it's dedicated for a purpose, it can only be used for that purpose. And yes, ANSA can do lots of stuff for itself. Don't worry if it's a super majority, give it a try. Don't give up before you've even tried. Uh, Edison probably has a, um, no, a response as far as, um, I, yeah, well, what is it? What is the county's suggestion on how they were going to collect funds, develop, not an, a developmental impact fee, but a fee charged on those that grow? In addition to, I know there's a small percentage of the taxes, and the state knows that they're overtaxing. They 
Allison and I went to a meeting in the county, I mean the state, straight up said, oh, well, we know we're charging too much. We can always back up. But if there's no money there, it makes it, and from what I understand from the market price of cannabis right now, they, you know, there's economics that are coming into play that they are going to have trouble making it. And we're going to see a lot of abandonment of grows, and who's going to clean it up? Exactly, because they have no moral, their characters. It's sucks. not all yeah. one way or the other. I know, so I don't know we there's three of the five here you know we can we can accept we can make a, um, amendments to it or we can accept their report and pass it along we're gonna have another meeting um, May 9th and hopefully the supervisor will attend and we can present to the supervisor at that time so I don't know. I need to ask for a vote of uh, the MAC members. I, and I haven't had an opportunity to read it. I'm not. Gonna, I'm You're not going to vote on it. Well, I, would, I would say hold off on voting until we have more members. I believe Allison and Gordon might make it to the next. Right. Meeting, so they will be at the May 9th meeting, so we can hold off till May 9th to vote on that. But then we have a secondary issue we need to deal with, and I'm sure everybody's going to be in agreement on this. Uh, Anza, as a community, or the MAC territory because part of it takes in Upper Owanga would request the county to declare a state of emergency within the Anza Valley Municipal Advisory Council territory as to an emergency cannabis ordinance to resolve existing and future impacts in our community and um, I don't know I know we ha only have three of the five but Maybe we, we can pull the audience. I mean, does everybody agree that yes. something needs to be done, growers and non-growers? Thank you. Thank you guys for working on that. I know you guys have got a lot of And people are opposed to doing something about it? I'm, I'm well, they're looking at this would be allowing the county to work on a stopgap quarter until something permanent, correct? Well, this is just to do something. Yeah, stopgap. Yeah. Yeah. Work together. Get a common, common ground there. Right. I mean, and you know, the county, even though they have no money, they have more money than ANZA does. I can guarantee that. So. You know, this building was built by the community. That's right. As a matter of fact, if, if this if this committee taught me anything, again, it was having both sides of the discussion coming together to talk. At this meeting, I see opponents of the of, of cannabis commercial cannabis cultivation in the area, and half of the room clapped for it, and the other half were clapping for the people who are pro cultivation. Exactly. The point is that all of this, all of, you're not pro growers or non growers. You're all ANZA. We are all ANZA. We have to find a solution together. We have to. If we, if we remain divided, we won't go anywhere. We have to find a solution together. We have to find a solution together. Some of them do. Some of them do. And they will help you. 
we'll pick out the other ones and, and, and keep the owners are living someplace else, so they don't have to smell it, and they don't have to see it, and they don't have to see the lights burning at night. And they're under corporation lumping everyone right. together. They've exactly. got it wired, man. Remember, um, I, I guess you're not. Some people might be standing too well, close come, to the other thing. Well, you know, I live on a road. There's 20 residences, and there's seven grows on my road. That's about a third of my road. So, and well, maybe if we saw these 78 grows that put their survey down, throw a whole bunch of cash towards the county for enforcement on their illegal grows, we'd take them a little bit more seriously. They can't if they don't have a pathway. It's I'm impossible right now. I'm saying that right they now. have a pathway, and you take that that's what that's the recommendation to to is about. If they calculated, they wouldn't do it. Yeah, well, they, they would have to. They would have to, but they can't do it before they're permitted. It's a, what's your Catch-22. Catch so anyway, this will, the report will be published. You, everybody can look at it, and we can hopefully have, I know. Uh, we, what's the, grows too much and wants to sell some of it. Not just throw it away. You know, you can't regulate how much you grow on a plant. You grow 12 plants, you want to get 12 pounds, you want to get 24 pounds. No, well, that's not our business. That's First not our problem. Protected under Prop 64, and that's really not. I know. Not, not the question. So, shall we vote that we need an emergency uh, ordinance? That, yeah. Can you handle that, Sharon? Do you think there's an emergency needed? Yeah, there's something needs to be done. I just don't. I don't. I cannot recommend that this is what needs to be well, done. Well, this is this is a separate entity. But yes, something needs to be done. Okay, so Bob, 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 I would like to make a motion to you know, are you? so the mag declares you on the point of uh, a state of emergency. And and you'll second that, Sharon. All those in favor? Aye. Okay. So we've we're gonna ask the county give us uh, ordinance that we have an emergency here, and then May 9th we'll readdress the uh, the Max Circ report, and everybody can look at it online. Edison will give the. I'll upload it tonight. Upload it tonight, but tell them where to find it. Oh yeah, it's uh, Anza Valley Mac. .xyz. It's our website. You go into Anza Valley Mac. Use the mic. Use the mic. <laughs> Anza Valley Mac. .xyz. Under the resources tab, it will be named the CERC final report, and all the appendices will be attached as well. Uh, Allison Ray posted that there was a CERC meeting tomorrow. Yeah. That was tonight. That was tonight. Okay, so there. there that was an error. No, I, I guess it was Yeah, it's, it's done. It's done. It's lived out its life. Can I ask a question? I'm so sorry. But, um, Speak was, there up, a find, was there a finding about light pollution? Was there anything? Light pollution is covered under the Mount It's Palomar. covered under the Mount Palomar ordinance. Don't remember the number. But it's a requirement if you're within 15 miles of uh, Mount Palomar. So it, it's already on the books. So it, again, it comes down to a matter of enforcement. So you have to call and complain. Anyway, thank you everybody for coming. And uh, thank you.